A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another edition of the Pack Filler, which is sponsored by Scratch Labs. What makes Scratch Labs different from other companies that make similar products? Well, they create products that solve problems, which means every ingredient has a purpose. Purpose is to help people perform better, focusing on real ingredients and promote an equally healthy lifestyle. That means using real ingredients such as fruit, chocolate, and nuts, and a balance of nutrients that is best for the body something not many other brands in their category are doing. Big thanks to Scratch Labs for being a part of the show. Also, hey, you guys, giant bicycles, when they talk about ride life, this is what they mean. Their products, people, passion, their commitment to enhancing your cycling life. You can find them at more than 12,000, wow, retail stores around the world or connect with them online wherever you are. They are always accessible and never too far away. Big thanks to Giant Ride Life, Ride Giant. Amanda Batty is back on the Pack Filler Podcast. I got nothing else to say. Let's do it. Right, guys, welcome back to the show. She was uh, pro downhiller for many years. She's writer, online personality, and caller out of your bullshit, and that's my own term. And she's also a good friend of the show, so let's welcome back Amanda Batty. How are you? <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm real good. Life is good. That's, you know, I, I last time you were on the show, we were talking about all the recovery and things like that you were going through. And um, as I said when before I even hit the recorder here, you know, you have a tendency to put everything out there, and a lot of people have been asking me about the injury and things like that. And so how is the, the leg, the foot, the recovery thing going with all that? Um, you know, the leg, thanks for asking. Um, lots of people, I've kind of stopped or have stopped post, or I've posted about it less. But the leg and ankle 
um, Frankenfootleg. <laughs> He's good, man. Like the, I've kind of made what was an unexpected recovery. Um, you know, it's t- it'll be ten months uh, in two days or ten days out from initial impact. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, we're about six months out. Well, I guess we're about s- we're six months out almost from when I started walking again. From when I took my first steps on January 1st outside. Um, and, uh, you know, some people might have seen that I've been um, on social media. I've been running. I got back to running, um, which is kind of a miracle. They said that I was never going to run again, yeah. um, which was kind of, which was a big source of disappointment for me. Just because, it's that, you know, when I'm injured, that's what I do. I hike and I trail run and I weight lift. And um, that was kind of all up in the air when we talked last. And... You know, lots of intensive PT, some special therapy, and, uh, like, this is going to sound so goddamn cliche of, like, a quote-unquote <laughs> influencer, um, but CBD, man, I, you know, I'm working at the new company, and uh, they sent me some stuff, and they make oh. this ointment, and in the last month alone, I've started, like, I did five miles the other day, Yeah. Um, and after months and months of therapy, so I think it's a combination of time and patience and work and effort and... Um, you know, having good companies who, you know, just at this point, I'm kind of willing to try anything. Yeah. Um, and a good friend of mine, we were in Sedona in early March and he handed me a little tin of tincture and it was like, it was, you know, uh, Ian Highlands, he handed me a thing of like, it was weed. It was like THC CBD, which is awesome because now I'm retired so I can do all the drugs. Um, <laughs> But he handed me this little tin and I used it and I was kind of amazed at how much mobility and like pain and stuff. I mean, you know, I've always, I've never been one to kind of subscribe to the alternative medicine theories. Um, I believe medicine, I like medical science. Um, so I'm, I've been a little reluctant to get on the whole woo woo train. Um, (laughs) but this shit's good. You know, it's, you do what you can, you know, you use what you've got to do what you can and beyond that. Um, is it a constant thing that you have to, you know, not, it, is it something you need to be on kind of an all day? And I know very yeah. little about it. You know, we've done, you know, I've had some around the house and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of that nice, it doesn't do anything, you know, you're, it's not like you're spacing out or anything like that. It just yeah, kind of relaxes like everything. Yeah. yeah. It's not like opiates and it's not ibuprofen. And the big issue, the big concern was that I was taking about, uh, 3000 milligrams of ibuprofen a day. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it, the pain is constant. Like you wait, like I wake up, especially God, when the weather changes, like fuck really? people joke about the pain, right? They're like, Oh, my knees can I can feel the it's gonna snow. Going in. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and you're like, you're like, ah, you're full of shit. No, you know what? Actually they're not full of shit. It's real. It's totally real. And like the barometric pressure drops or, you know, goes up or down and you're fucked. Really? Um, wake up in the morning, you gotta wait for it to like, got to wait for the blood to get flowing and it's stiff for like two hours and like it's stiff after a workout or it's stiff after a ride. And, um, no, but it's, you know, things are good, man. They're, wow. yeah, it's Frankenfoot leg, you know, like I get, I just got cleared for, uh, weightlifting in the gym. So I'm fucking psyched. I'm back on the bike after <laughs> the most recent, um, I took a little topple. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that one too. <sighs> just, you know me, just stupid shit. Right. Um, <laughs> Luckily, it allowed me to be crippled enough uh, so the guy that I was dating really was able to wrangle me for a little bit um, from going in different directions. Really? But, you know, no, it's been having some downtime and not being so focused on 
you know, get back on the bike, get back on the bike, get yeah. back up to speed, you know, keep going, going, going. Um, it's been nice. It's been different. Well, you, you mentioned these kind of things like get back on the bike, get back on the bike. Um, you know, you, you retired from downhilling, but is what is mm-hmm. what is keeping you going? What is what is it? That, is that just the competitive nature or is there something else on the horizon here for you? Um, you know, I don't <laughs> – that's funny that you ask. I actually had a conversation with a good friend um, and we tossed around like this meteoric return, the comeback of yeah. Amanda Batty. You know, and then, and honestly, and literally within the last couple of days, um, it's just, I'm, there's not going to be a comeback. There's not going to be a return. There's not going to be this giant success story that Disney makes into a feature. You know, it's, it, it, that's just not for me. And so whatever, to answer your question, no, there's nothing on the horizon. Um, I guess at my core, I just am and always will be a racehorse. Yeah. Um, and to be quite honest, it's, that's been the challenge is that there's nothing on the horizon. There's no, there's no race. There's no competition. There's nothing driving me like there has been for the last 15, 16 plus years. Um, and that's hard. But yeah. I think that that's my big challenge right now is to accept is to stop and slow down and not have a major distraction, not have, you know, that one thing, the one, you know, the goal that keeps me, away from friends and family and people that I care about, yeah. the, you know, the goal that, that sort of, I, I tend to go tunnel vision. Um, so this has actually been as, as difficult as, as it's been for me personally, it's been a huge growth opportunity um, to not have, you know, something giant and huge and like a big comeback, a big yeah. race, you know, yeah. Well, and that's the, you know, uh, you spend a, a gigantic portion of your life focused on that single objective and then all of a sudden now it's gone. That's that you you've taught yourself, you have programmed yourself to stay focused on those types of things. And now that it's gone, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I I was going to ask if you miss it. I'm sure you do, but I mean, but there's also that wait a minute, there are other things I've been missing out on. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, so the other day I was out trail running and I had my best, I had my most successful trail run yet. Um, and I was cruising down, just feeling really strong. And I was like, you know, I could, I could come back. I could come back to racing. And I, you know, I thought, I thought about riding and I thought about how much I will always just love going fast. Yeah. Um, and on the way home, you know, I kind of drove a little, drove a little bit like I was still racing a car, you know, just all of these things, <laughs> all these parts of my personality, but it's, it's hard to describe um, because when you are so single-minded towards a goal like that and then, and then you stop, I think honestly, it's a lot, it's why a lot of, you know, Olympic athletes. So post Olympics, uh, you know, studies have shown that they struggle with depression, anxiety, um, stress management and finding a hobby, finding something else to do now that they're not an athlete. Um, and I always, I kind of always poo-pooed it. I was like, I was like, Oh, whatever. They're just, they don't have enough hobbies. They don't have, have enough going on in their life. And Oh my God, I was so fucking wrong. It's, it's a thing. It's the retirement thing. Um, and it's, it's not having that goal. You find new goals to set and you find new things to focus on you. And you kind of, you kind of learn how to focus more on the important things. Um, but at the same time, I would be lying if I, you know, if I said that I don't miss it, I would be lying if I, if I said that I don't miss certain aspects of it. Um, and even the other day when I was, I was contemplating this big mysterious, you know, 
grandiose plan. Um, thinking about a comeback, you know, thinking about racing, the, the stress of it, yeah, the stress and the, um, I wasn't a good person when I was racing and I'm, you know, I'm happy to admit that. And I've kind of had to, to dial back the, the last, you know, I've had to dial back a lot of, um, things that I ignored. I'd have, I've had to dial them in rather. Um, because there were things that I sacrificed in a lot of areas of my life to go race. And, uh, my quality as a, as a human being was one of those things, unfortunately. And I think it hurt my racing and I think it, it hurt my personal life and it, um, it was a totally a choice that I made, not, you know, I'm definitely not saying that all racers make it. Um, but that was a compromise that I made and I did what I had to do to get where I needed to be. But at the same time, that single-minded focus definitely was not a benefit, I think. Are you, I remember when I, you know, th- this is me trying to relate to things. I always do this to my son and, uh, you know, he, he'll, he and I'll be talking about something and all of a sudden I'll go into a story about me. So I apologize. But, um, no, you're good. when I, when I, kind of decided in around the college years to kind of step out of the major, you know, to try to be super competitive, try to do all those kind of incredible things. Um, I couldn't follow cycling for at least a couple of years. I, 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 every time I, if I went to a race to watch it, I would go crazy. It would make me tense because I wasn't out there competing. Um, do you, do you follow the competitive levels of the sport still? I have not watched a world cup since I was injured. Really? I don't tune into the results. I didn't even, I didn't check the times of national champs. I didn't, um, it's, uh, was that a conscious, was that a conscious decision? Like I can't do this or was it, nah, fuck it. Uh, I think it was a lot of things. It was a, it was, I don't need that. I don't, I don't want that. Um, and up until last week, when I, but you know, that's a multi, that's a very multifaceted, um, sort of issue yeah. right there. Uh, and it's not because I don't love racing and it's not because the people who are doing it aren't talented as fuck all. Uh, for me, it's, it's extremely painful to watch the POV videos and say, oh man, that's a killer line. Oh my God. You could, you know, you could double that. You could jump that rocker and you could, you know, left, right. And, and my brain is always going to be there. Like I still, yeah. I still run like that actually. Um, and you know, when I was on the bike before I was injured, this last little, this last little blip, um, I was still kind of riding like that. <laughs> and it's to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. It's been, it's tough to see the coverage or see videos or, um, all that stuff and not feel not feel a pang. Yeah. But in the last few weeks, I've been able to sort of tune back in and say, I, I'm allowed to enjoy this. I'm allowed to, cause I still love it. Then ultimately that's what's changed is I am madly in love with two wheels Yeah, and it does not matter what it is now. And I'm, I mean, a lot of people, you know, going back to the training thing, like, what am I training for? Um, nothing life I'm training because that's, that's 
what I have left. I'm training because I can now. Yeah. And there's joy in not trying to push my limits anymore. It's now it's trying to find out what I can still do. If that makes sense. No, yeah. um, and, and riding is the same way. Like getting back on a bike in March at the Sedona mountain bike festival was, Oh man, <laughs> I cried <laughs> first day on dirt, second day on dirt at the top of hangover trail, um, on the drive home. And I think that's what's changed ultimately is, and maybe, and that's, you know, you mentioned before we started recording that I seem happy. Yeah. Um, I seem good because there is, I think, oh man, that's such a big, there's a, there's a, there's a joy there. There's a gratitude. So I always took my physical capacity for granted before I was injured. I've never broken a leg. Okay. So before this big old thing, I've never broken a leg. Um, and now the tiniest things that I wouldn't even have noticed before. Um, like I walked uphill on tiptoe on Frankenfoot leg for the first time about six weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. And something I never would have even like, whatever foot does foot does foot things. Right. Um, and I just, I welled up at the top of the hill because it was this huge moment. It was this, because it, you know, you always appreciate something, you know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Right. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. The old fucking cliches. Well, they're cliches because they apply. <laughs> they're cliches because they're true. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like it's, it's that source of gratitude. Every run, it does not matter how fast I go. Every ride, it does not matter Strava can suck a dick. Like it does not matter. And like, I'm still getting joy because there's every trainer ride, right. Is like before I was like, Oh man, this shit is mind numbing. And now it's like, if I can get my heart rate, if I can pedal hard enough to get my heart rate to 190, I am psyched. If I can run hard enough that I'm dripping sweat, like it is a celebration. There's reason for celebration. And I think that when you go through life as a judgmental asshole and everything sucks and you have no reason to be happy, you're going to be fucking miserable. You're going to be a miserable asshole. And then when you have every reason, every, every, everything, everything new is something to that. Like your inner cheerleader does this really ecstatic dance. Like, woo, it's like an end zone and it feels so, trite and it feels so silly but it's this childish it, it not childish it's a childlike joy and that's and it's everything yeah like hiking and camp like driving with my right foot like holy shit never thought a thing about it never never thought about it and then like now it's something miraculous like being able to stop my truck with my right foot on the pedal is a miracle being able to run is like, holy shit. So yeah, it's, that's, that's, what's changed. It's I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about all this stuff as you're, as you're describing it. And it's that, I, you know, I, I don't know how else to phrase it, but it's almost that, you know, the, the, the 
cancer patient who never took things, who took everything for granted in their life and all of a sudden just says, God, I just want to be able to sit up in bed or something like that. And that's, that's over dramatizing it. But you're talking about stopping your truck and I'm sitting here thinking about this going, well, I fucking don't want to ride the trainer. It's wet outside, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm complaining about this stuff and how I, I, I wish there was a way for everybody to be able to think about life this way without having to go through what you've gone through, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Honestly, I took it for granted for so long. Like I've been sick. I've had massive injuries. I've broken my back. I've broken multiple bones. I've broken, you know, like I've had tons of concussions. I've broken my pelvis. Like I've had major, major issues, but there's something there, but through all of those issues, through all of the illness and the medical issues and the, and the injury, there was always something that I knew I would come back from this. I knew it. There was always this belief in myself, this understanding that my physical capability would return and I was okay. But this injury, I could not get off the – like so I had a catheter for months because I could not get off the couch yeah. or out of bed or out of a hospital bed at one point, at multiple points. Um, in order to go pee for the first time in my life, I wasn't just immobile. I was weak. I was crippled and I was immobile. I lost, like I lost over the course of this injury. So I went from like race weight is about 165, a little heavy at the time of the accident, like 175, 180. Um, I got down to 125. Jesus. I'm five, eight and I got down to 125 pounds. Um, my veins collapsed. They had to put a central line in. Um, because I couldn't, I wasn't eating, couldn't hold food down because I was in so much pain. I almost lost my leg. I had an amputation date. And so you have all of these things as a physically capable person who has never really, even it's like, even with a broken back, I was still doing things, right? I was still out there. I was still able to count on myself to get through the scary stuff. Even when I'm limping, even when I'm shit face drunk, my legs have always been able to carry me, Right. But for the first time in my life, I couldn't do basic things. Like I couldn't even feed the cats. I couldn't lift up the bag of cat food. I couldn't clean my house. I couldn't even shower myself. And so everything that I had taken for granted for so long was suddenly it wasn't it just wasn't possible. Like I couldn't sit up. I didn't have any muscle. I couldn't like crutching across the room wasn't like it wasn't possible. Um, and I think to get to that point of when the little things are impossible, the little things mean yeah, everything. And like now I still take shit for granted, like, you know, like running out to the car, like I was at the grocery store and I forgot my wallet and I kind of like limped out to the car and I was like, cripple run. Like, and I kind of, <laughs> I kind of laughed and people were like, Oh my God, that's so sad. Like, no, and and for a long time, even after the injury, and um, you know, I I, I didn't want to identify as someone with a handicap. I didn't want to, you know, identify as 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 being less than yeah. I had always been, and that was a huge thing for me to overcome. Just saying, yeah, like shit changed, man. Like let it go. And honestly, that's yeah. That's the biggest thing for me is just like letting, letting it go, letting it go. Cause there's nothing, it is what it is and I can't change anything. And 
the best it's the best thing that ever happened and that sounds crazy yeah but well and and yeah. you know and and one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you about is you know you gave a lot of yourself to this sport for years and um you know I I I guess I could ask you if it was all worth it and I would hope you would say it was all worth it in the long run. Um, but the, yeah. this, this, I think, I think, you know, and there, this is something that I consider you really well versed in and it's always an issue that, that you're constantly, um, making sure that is brought to attention is the state of the sport for women. And um, we're just dealing with a huge issue on the road just recently. I, I, I don't know if you know about what's going on with the Amgen Tour California. Um, they just did the women's tour three days, and they maybe did 10 minutes a day of coverage in their you know four plus, five plus hours of coverage every day. And uh, races are being dropped from the women's calendar because of lack of agreement to provide coverage. Um, these incredible athletes are not getting the press they had. Um, and from your experiences as a professional doing what you did and, and trying to, you know, keep, keep the sport on its highest level, um, what was working and what, what do you think is absolutely fucked about all this? Um, honestly, the, the biggest thing that's fucked about it is that one, yeah, everything was worth it. All of it was worth it. All of the time, all of the energy, all of the passion. Even the even the injuries. Hundred percent worth it. Even the injuries. Really? Even the even the fallout. Even you know the whole all the drama with Pink Bike and those guys. Like I, it was all worth it because it's that it's that Overton window, right? You have the front of the line where everything's acceptable and socially like okay, right? And then you have the middle where it's like, eh, this is borderline not okay. And then you have the fringe where everybody's like, ooh, that person's, oof, they're too opinionated. She's too loud. Those opinions are, oof, that's a little too liberal. Um, and, and media coverage for women was one of those things that particularly um, when I highlighted qualifying runs or I ran them on Periscope from my GoPro, people were like, you can do that? Yeah. And, and it astounded me that, and it astounds me even now. It's 2019 and we have follow drones we have drones that will literally follow you and you can live stream individuals can live stream races from their gopros via a phone to whoever wants to tune in and it's not being done and so when it comes to women's coverage there are tons of excuses there's oh my god there's so many excuses but women's coverage women's media in the sport has always been one of those things where I can, I have beat my head against the wall. Why aren't you giving us coverage? And ultimately at the end of the day, it's because they don't want to, it's because organizers. And I think that it's, it's a, it's, it's a multi-pronged issue where organizers, a don't understand the technology B don't want to invest the time and energy into learning about the technology and C don't really give a fuck. Yeah. And like, and I, anyone can quote me on that because as I have learned, so many times over in my life, so many times in the last 10 months, you give priority to the things that matter. And if organizers actually gave a fuck about women, if anybody actually gave a fuck about the women's side of the sport, they would be doing it. They would be investing energy, time and energy, even, even if you don't have fucking money. Dude, it's a $450 camera. Yeah. Go out, buy one, put it on the fastest rider, and stream that shit live. It's free. It's free. Yeah. And so to have people on the roadside saying like, oh, well, we don't have that kind of capability. Bull 
shit. Bullshit. Every 12-year-old kid with a smartphone and a GoPro can do this. Don't tell me that you don't have that kind of capability because there are so many media people who are trying to do this. And the thing is, is if it's okay, if it's too expensive to hire a media person, if it's too expensive to issue media passes, if it's, if you're, no, the thing is, is you build it and they will come. Yeah. If you start putting a live stream of the tour of California, if you start live streaming the Amgen tour of California, people are going to watch it a hundred percent of the time, just like cyclocross races. Oh, just yeah. like it. If you, if you build it, they will come. And so USA cycling full of shit. Like honest and, and, and it's to me it's frustrating because it's it's just another line of bullshit. It's just another excuse because either you're gonna do it or you don't, but like don't couch it in some nonsense about the technology doesn't exist. Oh, it's too expensive, remember because that's just it's not true and we all know you're full of shit because we all know what's being done. Like we all can tell and like even if it's even if it's like, okay, mediocre, not the greatest yeah. coverage, like, even if it's not like great video feed, even if it's 720p for like three hours, people are still going to watch it. Yeah. And that's that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately over these last couple of days since all this shit came out because it's I'm, I'm thinking – Okay, it's not going to be a helicopter above the the race following it all. It's not going to be five or six cameras. It's not going to be um, uh, two people in a press booth talking about some specific elements play-by-play play of the race. Let's say it's just a GoPro on the lead motor and a GoPro on a couple riders within the course that you can switch back and forth between. That's better than 10 minutes of coverage that's squeezed in between commercial breaks. And honestly, like they, you know, the same thing I said, the same thing to USA Cycling when they said like, oh, no cameras on course. And they cited them, the fast bender case. One, there's no, like, that's a very, 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 very speculative Help me out. What's, what's like, the fast bender case? So Michael Fassbender was injured and he was in a coma for whenever he's a Formula One racer. And they said that the POV camera that was mounted on his head caused massive head injuries <laughs> um which i mean take it or leave it point of impact helmet brain injury whatever yeah but like okay that's hugely speculative for speculative for a sport that just endorsed the entire fucking wave cell trash yeah. and secondly <laughs> if you can't complain that nobody shows up to these races and nobody gives a fuck about racing when you don't allow racers to wear cameras and promote themselves, it's like the Olympics, right? The Olympics have taken hand over fist cash losses. They're hemorrhaging fucking cash and they're still whining because, Oh, we don't have any sponsors who want to buy in. Of course, nobody, nobody wants to buy in who, what, what company in their right fucking mind is going to spend $500,000 to be for a two by two inch logo on an athlete's clothing. When, that athlete represents them in non-IOC sanctioned events wearing all of their logos and it's all over social media. And I think honestly, like it comes from, like I said before, a huge portion of ignorance and also a massive lack of understanding of, of the key of the basics of marketing because, and, and where marketing is going. We, social media is, it's open for anyone. Everyone and anyone is allowed to market themselves. If you know, if you know how to game the system, you can, it's not difficult. And so where before these sanctioning bodies and these quote unquote official organizers 
they had control. They had exposure control. They had all of this. They had control. And so when it came to the image of the sport, when it came to when it came to everything, they they could control what people saw, what people knew. And it's an old guard that is now realizing that they don't have control. And yet they're still white knuckling holding on to it instead of embracing the technology, embracing the progress and saying, all right, how can we exploit it? And I've said this before. I've said that I'm a huge opportunist. Like I will always be the person being like, okay, who could make money on that? Where are the loopholes? What are, how are they going to abuse it? And so, and that, that sounds bad, but like when you're constantly looking for a new way around the rules, you're never going to be in that complacent spot where you get stuck as the organizer or as the, as the sanctioning body or as, you know, you're never going to be that person who doesn't know what's going on, but you have all of these old guard organizers who are too embarrassed, I think, to ask for help. And they're too embarrassed or they're too, or they're too time. Like they're too, they've compromised, their time is too compromised. So they don't have time or they don't have energy or they don't have the effort. But what it comes down to is they just haven't prioritized women's racing. And you can see that in the coverage. You can see it in the coverage from photographers. You can see it in the coverage in magazines, on official channels, on YouTube channels. You can see it in YouTube audiences and you can see it in even the ignorant comments that are made in forums. Yeah. People just aren't seeing the level at which women are performing and is, and I mean, we can assign blame all day, but like, who's fixing it? What athlete is saying, you know what? Fuck you. I'm wearing a GoPro. I'm broadcasting this on Periscope. Let's see you take my license. That's what I want to see. I want to see an athlete. I want to see any athlete be like, yeah, stop me. There are threats to take away your license because you're broadcasting your run. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That, I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm I'm claiming complete ignorance on this one. That really? Oh, yeah. What what would be oh, the reasoning so, for that? Is it because there's some sort of a media right, or is it just? So that's what they're claiming, but it's horseshit because it's like two years ago at the Pro GRT at National Champs, even last year, no cameras allowed on course. Yada yada yada. Like, why? Wow. It's not. It's certainly not for. Are you serious? We're racing down a fucking mountainside yeah. with trees and rocks going freeway speeds and you're going to tell me that the camera on my chest or on my bike or on my helmet is the danger. <laughs> like, hold on, hold the fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. They're going freeway speeds in tight packs of like yeah. 50 plus hundred plus in spandex yeah. on cobblestones yeah. when they're wet and the camera's the problem. You don't, you know how cool that would be of it to reinvent, um, uh, race coverage it, I'm, I'm, I want to see it yeah, I'm star- I want to see it yeah to be able to switch between all the athletes in a in a race or even to to get every single competitor's downhill run yeah from a perspective from a point of view yeah all on broadcast and the thing is is it doesn't even and I've said this before fuck I said this in a podcast like three or four years ago it's like point of view it doesn't even have to be on the rider the camera can be on the tree remote start yeah. broadcast to periscope it is so easy and you can get high quality video footage, but ultimately it's an old guard who wants to exploit it for money instead of building an audience. They, they, they want a massive media deal with people who don't have, who have zero fucking interest in putting money into cycling because there is no audience. Yeah. So, so, and it's, it's a chicken egg. It's a round, it's a ring around the fucking rosies because you can't build an audience if nobody can see your product. 
Yeah. If you don't have an audience, nobody's going to want to pay big money for a media package in order to broadcast to a non-existent audience. So you have to build an audience. And I think there are a lot of writers out there right now in every discipline, whether it's road, BMX, gravel, cyclocross, yeah. downhill, enduro, you name it. They exist. Cross country, especially. Oh my God. The women's field in cross country, they're, they're exploding the sport, but they've done it on their own. They've done it with very, 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 very little support from organizers, federations, and sponsors. Like, and, and that's, there are very few people willing to say, all right, let's buy 12 GoPros. We'll periscope it all. And you'll be able to broadcast it. Like I want to, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I don't know. I've spoken to organizers about it and it's just, well, we don't, we don't really want to, you know, we don't know how that works. Like who's going to run it. Oh, and it's just like, all right guys, like if you don't have any interest in pushing it forward, let it die. But that, that I, I just, what I guess what's the most frustrating thing about that is because it would be such a profitable thing for the, those organizers. If, if let's say there was a production company that went out there and just said, hey, we're going to do this for your race um, free of charge because we have our own in-house sponsors. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you let us run our own commercial ads, you know, banners above or below or something like that, um, we, will, we will broadcast your race free of charge. Um, let us put cameras on specific bikes or something, whatever it is. There are so many riders out there with cameras on their bikes anyway, Mm -hmm. even when they're training and things like that. Yeah. But that's when, but that's when, that's when USA cycling, that's when UCI, that's when federations and organizers are like, well, if there's something in it for you, there's something in it for me. Yeah. So we'll charge you to be on the course. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, what the fuck? So the sport continues to just flounder. Yeah, the sport continues to drown in its own shit. Yeah, and and honestly, that's and it's the most it's the most unproductive. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pointless. Because, and everybody wants the credit. Yeah. And ultimately, that's the end. That's that's the problem with a lot of the things inside of the bike industry. Everybody wants the fucking credit. Everybody wants to be the guy who did this, did that. And at the end of the day, nobody realizes that everybody's going to forget you anyway. <laughs> you may as well push the boundaries, set shit on fire, yeah. change the way things work, and then enjoy watching it. Enjoy watching it burn or enjoy watching it thrive because that's all you can do. At the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck. And I mean, shit, even Picasso, nobody gave a fuck about his artwork until he was dead anyway. So like, stop expecting to take credit, do shit, 
and just watch it bloom. I don't understand the harm in that, especially when it comes to women's racing. Like, fuck, man. Wouldn't you want to be the guy who in 100 years is like, oh, yeah, nobody remembers my name, but I did that. Yeah. Now, this is kind of a, a, a little twist in it. I've been I've been listening to some people and talking about things about, about women's racing versus men's racing, and there's there's always going to be that comparison. Whether it's bullshit or not, there's always going to be that. Is there a solution in the terms of there are some events that are just going to be, okay, we're just going to do a women's event. We're not going to do it in conjunction with another event at the same time. We're going to just go, we're going to have our big World Cup races over here, and they're not going to, there's not going to be a men's event. Is that a solution, or is that just, you know, sending people to their own drinking fountains, for lack of a non-horribly bad time in our time reference? But I honestly, like, I think that's separate but equal is never the answer yeah because it's not equal yeah if it's separate it's not going to be equal and it's like i'm see and that's honestly like that's where i'm torn because i put on women's clinics i would love to see an all women's factory team you know there was one in the pipes for a couple of years but like you i i love women all women's races like more power to you fuck yeah but like on the other hand i know that it creates an us versus them barrier yeah. And you have to, you have to, cause every time I put on a women's clinic, right. I always get messages like, well, why not? Why aren't you putting on a men's clinic? Why aren't you putting on a, you know, and there are reasons because men, I mean, God, sociologists have understood this for years. Men and women socialize differently. Men and women are motivated by different factors. Yeah. And it's not always, it's not, it's never going to be cut and dry across gender lines. That's not how people are, but by and large, the way someone is socialized growing up, and then it goes all the way back to nature versus nurture, which is the age-old battle. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, but men and women are socialized to interact differently, which is why I put on clinics, because my clinics, A, are free, and my clinics say, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not nice at my clinics. Like, I'm, I'm nice, but my goal is to create badass women who are confident tackling any trail with anyone that's my end goal and so you have programs who foster this yay girls woohoo yeah look pink and then yeah exactly and yeah. then you have other programs that are like we just want to create skilled riders who feel competent and confident going out and riding with anyone and that's where i'm at is i my goal is to create autonomous riders who take the free skills that i give them and pay it back, like pay it forward, like give it back to people who like, okay, so like you learn something at the clinic, fuck yeah. yeah, go out and teach it to three other people because it, then you have, you, then you have a cascade pattern. You have a ripple effect of, does it matter if anyone remembers my name? Fuck no. Does it matter that three more women are on bikes because of that one woman that I help teach? Does it matter that those three women are going to go out and get it's – it's a fucking pyramid scheme, yeah. and it's genius. And pyramid schemes work for a reason. So like if you can exploit a pyramid scheme to make money, why can't you create the same model in order to teach mountain biking? Teach them how to fish. Yeah. That's the point is teach them how to fish. Create autonomous riders. Create autonomous media people. Create – give ideas away for free because there's always going to be another one. And and when you when it comes to event separation – Sure, you can have a women's race that explodes and it gets popular. Like the fox hunt is a perfect example. Fox hunt was originally Rachel, right? And it's grown so big that now uh, Guy and Dan are involved, right? So yeah. 
huge example of how that shit can propagate and spread. Um, but then you also have events like, okay, so the sturdy, dirty enduro, fantastic. Like it's, you know, you have all these women, these all female events that have grown and exploded, but like at what cost? Yeah. Are those women avoiding, are those women avoiding integration with the larger bike scene or other events because they know that these female specific events are, are safe spaces. Are they avoiding? And, and also like um, the Sedona mountain bike festival, it integrates with the Vita clinics, right? Okay. Um, that's a situation that honestly I applaud. So the organizers of, of that, like Hermosa tours and Matt and all those guys, um, they've integrated it so well that you have female specific coaching going on at a larger festival, but that so many women show up that they feel involved and it feels like a very, it's a, it's just, God, it's just a well-integrated program. It's just a well-integrated festival and it's a good time for everybody who's there, whether you're male, female, or otherwise, it doesn't matter. And I think that that's the key is you create space for women in a larger integrated area at a larger integrated event like Crankworks. Um, and you can see, you, you know, and then, and the women will show up and then they feel part of the event and, and the socialization of everybody, you sort of have this, this is going to sound bad. You sort of have this cross pollination of demographics <laughs> yeah. and it's, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, but you know, Sea Otter has done a good job of it. Yeah. Uh, Crankworks has done a really great job with their equal pay measures and their uh, women's lounge and their, you know, the live and whatever events that they put on there because women show up to those and they feel like part of a larger collective. And that's the important part is when it comes separate but equal doesn't work because ultimately it's a <laughs> so it's, it's like Juliana and I'm going to get shit for this. Um like Juliana and Santa Cruz, perfect example. Oh, separate but equal. Juliana's are women's line, except it's not. I haven't seen the books, but I would bet my butt that Juliana gets about a third of the marketing dollars that Santa Cruz gets. Yeah. I know that they have that their factory athletes likely get paid a lot less. I know that they don't have the same sort of athlete presence. And why? Why have two separate fucking brands who are doing, they're the same goddamn bikes. They're just different colors. Yeah. So why build two separate brand images when you can build one to include everybody? Just make, make extra, extra small bikes and make triple XL bikes. It's not hard. And the same thing goes for women's events. Like, okay, how about women's events pair up with larger festivals so that we integrate everybody so that women have a safe space, but they're also part of a larger festival. And it's not, I mean, that goes back to, you know, it's a hard question to, it's a hard, it's a hard issue to solve, I think, but I think that there are solutions if we look hard enough. And this is not me passing judgment on anyone. This is not me saying, oh, some people have done it wrong. Some people have done it right. Yeah. Except for Juliana. Juliana and that whole business is, it's wrong. Women specific bikes are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Uh, the, um, so I'm trying to think where to go from here because that was kind of cool. 
I'm just I'm basking in the moment of what that last little conversation was <laughs> because that you know la- my my episode right before this we talked about a lot of the uh, 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 we talked about some women's issues and I'm like oh shit I gotta mm-hmm. get Amanda on because she's gonna have an even better um, perspective on a lot of that stuff and and, oh, and, and there it was there it was so I'm, I'm just kind of kicking back and enjoying what just happened. Um, and and you know we're we're, we're kind of winding down anyway, but you know there's there's some moments in, I think saying that you are out there on a social media and online presence would be a, the understatement of the year. Um, you've you've put yourself out there, you put your life out there. You, you know you, you're I you've got I'm sure followers galore, things like that. Um, and and I I. I don't want to necessarily pry too much into it, but is what is that like, and is that difficult to maintain? Number one, and um, you talked uh, you talk a lot about, especially male voices who come out there and just give you consistent shit about it. And and I, as as somebody who's I, I'm out there socially, but I'm not out there doing some of the things you're doing. And is it difficult to go out there and put yourself out there like that? Um. Honestly, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I get really fed up with social media and other times I'm really grateful for it. Um, You know, like the kids bike giveaway. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Super stoked on that. Like that's a giant, like having a following, um, having, having that sort of reach, I think it's not necessarily a following. It's that sort of reach so that you can tap into resources where you need them and you can make contact with the people who can shape the movers and shakers. Right. Yeah. And that's when that network is important. Um, I think a lot of the time I look derisively at social media because I don't understand follow culture, quote unquote. I don't get it. Yeah. Like I have friends and I have people that I look up to, but I will never understand, but I've never also understood fan culture. Um, and it's probably because of music and snowboarding when I was younger. Um, I don't understand the point of being a fan or having fans. Um, (laughs) It seems really counterproductive. I would rather have acquaintances and I would rather have friends and I would rather touch people and not like that. No. I'd rather I'd rather <laughs> be able to connect with yeah. people oh, in yeah. a way that matters. I would rather I don't I don't want fucking followers. This isn't a cult. I don't I don't need a cult of personality and I don't need people who worship at my feet. I want to have good conversations with people who know what they're fucking talking about. I want there to be respect earned and I want there to be respect given. And I think for me, the fandom thing is a lot of people. Okay. This is not going to sound great. Um, I almost made shirts a couple of months ago that said, fuck your fandom. (laughs) I'd have bought one. (laughs) Um, Because ultimately to me, Fandom does nothing. I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling albums. Yeah. I don't need fans who like my shitty music because I don't make shitty. I don't make music because it would be shitty. <laughs> but like, I don't. I'm not selling fucking calendars. I'm not pushing product. I'm not. And so and so at the end of the day, like I asked, like, okay, what does a fandom give me? What do they bring to the table? Yeah. And honestly, like, if you know, if I were a YouTube star and my fans were paying my fucking light bill great. I would probably not piss off as many people as I piss off. Like I would be very careful about what I said, but at the end of the day, like I'm a niche racer in a niche sport in a niche industry where, okay. Like 
what are fans really doing? Are they, they're showing up to races, but are they, are they paying my bills? Are they investing in me personally? And the thing is, is like, there are people who I know online. I have online friends and I have online acquaintances who then become real friends. Yeah. They come up to me at a race and we talk and we have this rapport and we have that connection. And that, that's not a fan. That's a fucking friend. Yeah. And so, and for me, that is, that's the connection point for me where I'm like, yeah, that reach is awesome. And then you have other people where, um, who feel like you, they, like you owe, like I owe them something, right? They're, they're like, well, why won't you talk to me? Like I've, I've followed you since the beginning. Like you owe me a message. Like, bitch, I'm busy. <laughs> like I do not owe you a fucking, I owe you, I don't owe you shit. I owe you something because you click the blue follow button. Yeah. Or like, I owe you, I owe you an explanation. I, I what? I owe you, I, I have to listen to you and legitimize your really shitty ideas because you liked me. You liked my Facebook page because yeah. you follow me on Twitter. Like I owe you a conversation because you like me. Congratulations. Here's a fucking internet cookie. Like fuck your fan. <laughs> like that is the most, that is the most pointless goddamn waste of like, go get a fucking hot, pick up a God, pick up a fucking book. Yeah. Like, don't follow me. Don't tell me that you've worshipped me. Like, don't – that's bullshit because at the end of the day, like, ultimately, we're all just human. Like, I don't believe – I'm not a person worthy of follow. Like, on it, like, I don't know why people follow me. I – like, if you want to talk about – it's like drinking from a goddamn sewer line. Quite frankly, like, <laughs> I still do not understand why people follow me. I'm an asshole. I'm crude. Like every once in a while, I'll have a real gem, but I probably stole it from someone else, quite frankly. <laughs> like someone in my personal life who doesn't give a fuck about the internet. But like it's, and at the end of the day, it's the, the whole culture of fandom continues to baffle me. Like I love having the ability to make new friends all over the world. And I love the ability to connect with people and to talk about shit that matters and to help. And I love helping people feel less alone. That, that is the, that is the great fucking joy of social media is you are not alone. You're not fighting alone. You are not unloved. And that has been the one single redeeming thing about social media for me Yeah, is to help people know that like, listen, you, you are not alone. And like, whether it's trans folks, whether it's women, whether it's people who get shit on the internet for whatever reason, like the ability to tell someone on the other side of the planet, you are not alone. You have someone in your corner and I will do what needs to, what I need to do in order to help you understand that, that sort of that, that's a superpower. And I, I feel like a lot of people take that for granted in the, in their ability to quote unquote, follow along. Like you can follow my life, but I can also help other people in theirs, if that makes sense. Like, and, and the friends that I've made, the people who identify with something I've said or something I've done or who are inspired by my comeback from it, I, which I don't understand. Um, but, but well, there I, are- I understand that. I, I understand that even though you, you might not, I mean, what you went through was a genuine struggle and you were, I, I don't know if it was a conscious effort, but you documented that. And for those of us who were not there, to experience it, that it was a hell of a story. Um, and that was, you know, when I, when you were on the show the last time to hear your emotion about having to deal with that and what it went through and how it changed you. Um, 
I, you know, and I, I don't want to get all over the top, but that was inspirational. It was a, it was a story. Um, I became emotionally invested in it, and I think that's what a lot of people do too. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I can I can definitely pre- I see that and I can appreciate it. Um, and I don't think I have to understand that to appreciate it. No. Um, but I think that social media, the ability to make people feel less alone. Yeah. That's that's the core value. That's why. That's why we're all there is to feel less alone, to feel less, less of whatever we don't want to feel. And it's while, while some people can talk about, you know, escapism being bad, what if it's not bad? What if that escapism into a world where someone, where the knowledge that someone out of 7 billion plus people is going to understand your fucking problem? Yeah. That's power. That's powerful is to be able to, to understand that even if you just put it out into the ether, you have the ability to connect with someone who might understand you. And even if there are like a handful of fucking trolls out there who are like, yeah, you're ugly, you're fat, rah, 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 kill yourself. You still have that one person who's like, listen, you have value. I give a shit. Let's talk. And that connection, that single connection is more important than any trolls, any fucking Joe Schmo dude in my mention. Like yeah. you want to look for validation. Like you want to be a shithead be a fucking shithead, but I'm not here for the shitheads. I wish even I... as much as I might post about the shitheads, I'm here for the people. Yeah. I'm here for the people who are looking for more than just to be a shithead, than just to vent. And I think that that's honestly that's the only reason I'm still on social media. Yeah, I really wish I understood the mind of that the 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 negative person who intentionally goes on and says something mean or cruel or. Or, or um, I, I've never understood that you would actually sit down and spend time preparing something that is hateful like that. And I, and I from following you and not following, sorry, from being a part of, of what, what you do and seeing some of the comments that come your way, I am blown away by the shit that gets thrown across your phone. Um, so when I was little, um, I got picked on a lot at elementary school or whatever, um, that's kind of a long story, but I was different. And, uh, one of my aunts told me, she, I, I remember it clear as day. She said, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And ultimately I think that the trolls and the shitheads and all of the shit fuck nonsense going on. I think that they're looking for the same thing that everybody else is. They're looking for connection. They're looking for validation. They're look, they have the same human emotional needs you know, the three A's, right? Yeah. Affirmation, admiration, acceptance, yeah. right? Everybody, every human needs these on some level. And I think they're looking for the same thing, but their, their feedback system is broken. Something, something in their head has shifted to the point where, you know, any attention is good attention. If they're, if they're harassing me, if they're getting my attention, at least someone cares enough about them to respond. And I think that, that feeds into this. It's a feedback loop from hell because just like failure or just like self-doubt, um, self-hatred is a real thing. Yeah. And when you, the monster you feed is going to be the monster that grows. And when you, when it's that constant hateful cycle of, oh, fuck you, you fatty. Like, okay, they yeah. feel better for them. They feel better about themselves for a second because they know just like the other people who seek out emotional support, that person who's mean knows that somewhere in this planet of 7 billion plus people, somewhere they're more, they're better than that other person. And I think that that's the, 
that's that's the kicker. There are people who want to connect with someone to feel less alone, and there are people who want to feel better than someone to feel better about themselves. And that's why they leave shitty comments is that's why they send me terrible messages about me. Like, and that's why recently my, my response has been, okay, yeah, like I'm probably all of these things that you're accusing me of, but you're, you're you. Yeah. Like (laughs) sucks to suck, like sucks to suck buddy. (laughs) But like, at least I'm not you. And I think that, I think that ultimately that logic has, you know, people are like, why do you engage? Yada, yada, yada. But like that logic of being like, yeah, I suck. But then again, so do you. Yeah. That honest admission of like, yeah, I'm not fucking perfect. I don't know everything. But like, you're the guy hiding behind an anonymous account to harass a nobody. So. Yeah. Where does that put you? Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like at the end of the day, um, that seems to be the logic that most of them sort of are like, ah. Yeah fuck which is funny it's because you know it's school ground like i know i am but what are you yeah like like are you fucking kidding me like of course we're all adults on social media and the one thing that works is the rubber glue bullshit yeah Yeah. (laughs) shit like that that shows where our where our species has evolved to yeah like go us I believe you said I mean, when you texted me about the times for setting up this interview, you actually said "go us" because neither of us realized that we were in a completely different time zone from each other. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's those moments where you can just like look at your and on like that's the funny thing about all of this and you know everything that's changed yeah. is looking at myself and being able to be like, "Wow, I kind of suck," <laughs> and then being like, "Yeah, but are you doing your best?" And you're like. No, not not most days. Yeah. Then you're like, but it's okay because you're human and you suck and everybody else sucks. So we're kind of all in this giant <laughs> suck together. And honestly, it's I would say that that has made me an optimist. Yeah. Realizing that everything sucks and we're all gonna die and everything we love will go to rot. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's there's something there's something really happy. Like there's something really joyful about realizing that. <laughs> None of it matters. I mean, it matters. It matters for right now because you don't want to waste your time. No shit. But, Jesus. but goddamn, the knowledge that you know, worms will eat all of us yeah. eventually. Oh god. It's kind of. I mean, it sounds heavy, but fuck. Talk about liberating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I gotta say, you um, from the last time we talked, sound like you're in a very different place than than when that was going on, and I like where this is all going it sounds like things are kind of kind of getting getting better right oh yeah yeah life is a hundred times better um right on i was a miserable fuck for a long time yeah well as you know as yeah you know i was a dick i still kind of am well and to but to be able to hang up you know to to like i said at the beginning of this this talk was to to take something that you've done so intensely for so long it's just completely you have to be narrow-minded focus you have to be selfish you have to be motivated mm-hmm. for that one thing and then all of a sudden that disappears um you have two choices either either you pick something else and go straight at that or you explode or you have to completely reinvent yourself and yeah. um and it's and that i can't imagine that crossroad and um, you seem to have crossed it pretty well so I think 
I'm, I'm definitely still in transition. I think yeah. that it's going to be, I think that the, you know, it's a sharp learning curve for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where the more you fail, the better you get at not rolling over and dying. Yeah. And, um, as many times as I really wanted to drive my truck off of a cliff, um, over the last 10, 10 months, there were some days where I woke up and I was like, you know, as long as you don't kill yourself today, Shit. you're good. Yeah. And when your bar is that low, I think that when you, when you're, when you're at that point of a really shitty, shitty fucking spot and you come out of that and you say, Hey, you know what? At least I didn't wake up today and want to kill myself. So Jesus, today's going to yeah. be a good day. Yeah. Jesus. It, it's something I, I don't know, man. It's just, and that sounds so fucking dark, but it's, it's real. And I think people deal with that every day on a regular basis. And I think acknowledging that and acknowledging what a win it is to say, you know what, even if I don't feel like it today is worth living for tomorrow is worth living for. So today I might suck, but tomorrow I'm going to make sure I'm going to make damn sure that I wake up for it. Yeah. And fuck. And it sounds so basic, but man, so millions of people deal with that shit every day. And I got, crash course in it and it is let me tell you waking up now is a whole lot better than it was last may right on so i'll take it okay that is that is where (laughs) that is a perfect ending mark so um god damn i love talking to you on these things so um we need to do this more yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna wait all these months in between here from now on like that so well, I, I have to officially, before I turn off my recorder, do a sound off and a, and a send off and stuff like that. So everybody, Amanda, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. As always, it's a pleasure and a joy. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the time. So there you are. Always great to have Amanda on the show. Amanda's been a friend of the show for a while, and she and I have been talking about having her on on a more regular basis. And I think we're going to do that because uh, you guys have spoken up and um, you seem to appreciate what she's saying, appreciate her personality, and God knows I love talking to her. So so there you go, Amanda's batty, going to be a regular feature on Pack Filler. It seems like women's cycling has been an issue that we've been bringing up regularly on the show, and I think it's I think it's something that I'm, I'm glad to have been able to... Um, I, I can't take credit for it. I think we've stumbled into it. And I think that this is a big issue that needs to be addressed more often. And um, I'm not saying we're going to become the 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 friend uh, of the of women cycling because I'm a guy and I'm not the person to be the spokesperson for women cycling. But but damn it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do my best and and talk about the issue more often because I think that it's something that's very important within the sport. So there, off soapbox, you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you're liking the new regular format, the consistency. There I said it. And uh, we're going to keep them coming to you. More uh, stuff. When we, If I can't get a big personality like hell, like Amanda or Karsten, to be on the show, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep them coming. And as I promise, I, I, I say this to you now. It is a Monday night, Tuesday May 21st, not only is my 25th wedding anniversary, but it's also going to be the day that I complete Bend Bike Town. And we're going to get that bad boy released to you by the end of this week. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Log on 
check out our social media, like our podcast on iTunes, listen to it on Stitcher, listen to it on Spotify, listen to it wherever you can. Uh, let your friends know. We'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.